Many of you have heard of Our Crowd. Our Crowd's CEO is sitting to my right. His name is John Medved. Our Crowd is an equity crowdfunding platform built for accredited investors to provide venture capital funding for early-stage startups. Based in Jerusalem, was launched back in February of 2013 with overseas branches in the U.S., Canada, Australia, and Singapore. And it seems to us, whenever Startup Nation or Our Crowd or anything having to do with high-tech in Israel is ever discussed, it seems that Our Crowd and John Medved's names are always associated with those conversations. An honor to welcome you to JM and the AM. Thank you, Nachum. It's great to be here. You are living in Israel for how long? Almost 40 years now. 40 years? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a lifer. <laughs> were, you all, were you always in this line of work? Um, pretty much. The family business in my family was uh, fiber optic communications. Hmm. And uh, I studied history. I tried to escape it. Um, and I came to Israel as a wild-eyed Zionist with, together with friends of yours like Steve Leibowitz. And, uh, Steve's been getting a lot of airtime this week. <laughs> well, it deserves it. Well <laughs> deserved. Sure. That's for sure. And uh, my dad showed up to go check out, you know, check out, see how it was doing here. And I ended up taking him to a meeting um, so he could discuss his latest startup with some guys at the Missile Authority, which uh, is called Raphael, the guys who make Iron Dome. Right. And these guys started talking fiber optics, and I was bored as you know tears. And and finally, one of the guys turns to me at the end of this meeting and says, "Okay, Medved Jr., what are you what are you doing here in Israel?" And I told him I'm doing some tour guiding and politics and Zionist education. And he looked at me and said, "Bizbuz," which means waste, waste of time. A waste of time. <laughs> I said, "What do you mean? We're supposed to be dancing the hora? Okay, we're we're having fun here. Idealism. I'm, I'm, I'm fulfilling the Zionist dream." And he says, "You don't get it." Guys like you, Askanim, we got a dime a dozen. Your dad, he's an entrepreneur. He's doing fiber optics. Do that stuff. So I got in the car after this meeting was over, and I turned to my father. And I said, what do you do? What is this? And he said, in his inimitable style, he said, son, it starts with Ohm's Law. You know, and of course, I had no idea what Ohm's Law was, the you know, basic law of electronics. So make a long story short, I got involved in the family fiber optics business and uh, built that, sold that with my dad to the Amoco Corporation today. British Petroleum. So that corporation was not based in Israel when you were working on it, obviously. Well, I started here in Israel, actually. I raised money for him. Uh, Uh, So there were investors in Israel. Well, actually, there was no venture capital. I raised money from an Israeli company called ECI Telecom. But I started in venture capital before there was venture capital. I've built a whole series of startups ever since. I ran one of Israel's first venture capital funds called Israel Seed. And uh, then about six years ago, wanted to go open this up to the world because everybody's crazy about Startup Nation, right? right? You hear about it, you read the book. How do I play it? Can you call your broker at Goldman or Morgan and say, get me this startup? <laughs> no, it doesn't work that way. So typically, you got to have a lot of bucks to play. You know, you got to have a $5 million, $10 million check that you can write to a venture capital fund. But what does that do for the rest of us who might have a couple of million stashed away, God willing, and they'd like to invest 50000 or 100000 in a startup? So we set up this platform to go essentially democratize it, allow everybody to pick a company in medical technology or ag tech or the web or you name it. And we're now the largest venture capital investor in Israel. We have, uh, we'll be crossing the billion dollars of assets under management this year. We've invested in 160 companies. We have close to 30,000 members or investors around the world. 
And uh, we're living in sort of biblical times. I mean, you know, when you look at the flocks of people, I mean, I just left my office today. And today I had a group of very, very wealthy investors from Germany, had a delegation of Chinese, a delegation of Koreans. Uh, tonight I've got Italians. I mean, they just, they're coming from all over the world to go get a piece of the innovation. It's almost like Zaharia, where they say that 10 right. people of the nations will grab the cloak of Ishiudi and say, take me to your leader. Speaking with John Medved here in Jerusalem, um, well, a couple of things. First of all, in terms of the platform that you described, so we're familiar, as most people who peruse the internet are, with GoFundMe campaigns. And sure. those, those are campaigns where someone literally could, you know, toss in five bucks and they're part of this big effort. And then you described what, you know, venture capital was uh, exclusively at one time, which was people taking five, ten, twenty million dollars and investing it. You're, you're in that in-between stage. That's where correct. Where you're offering people around the world who have some significant funds, but, you know, can't write a check for five million dollars uh, to invest in something to be part of this process. Now, based on the way things are going in 2018... And Israel's reputation throughout the world, which you just indicated by the type of guests you have in your office today, one might think you have the easiest job in the world. <laughs> one might think that when you put out a call, when you release an email, when you send out a release or, 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 or post something that's now investable in Israel, that you get reaction from everywhere and are able to sell all those shares, so to speak, at a moment's notice. Well, almost. Okay. It is almost that. It, it's almost that. I mean, uh, literally, we just sent out an email a couple of weeks ago in one deal where in one hour there was over $2 million transacted over the Internet. Guy, one person actually just clicking a button saying, I'm in for a million. Right. Because we have people who will invest the minimum is $10,000, and we have people who are actually in writing $10 million checks. So we yeah. have you know many billionaires who are on the site. Um, but that's what's cool about it is it's really turning this much more democratic because, look, everybody understands that the big companies today are tech companies, right. whether it's Google or Apple. And what percentage of your portfolio or what you're offering would be tech companies? Is it 100%. 100 it's 100%. 100%. There's nothing else you can invest no, in in Israel no, through your office. Not, not through us. So everyone wants to be in the next tech company. It turns out that there are about 300 of these things called unicorns. Mm. I don't know if you're yeah, listeners. Term, sure. A unicorn is a company which is worth a billion dollars, hence the uni, right. okay, uh, but not yet public. Right. There are about 300 of them worldwide. Turns out that there are 21 of them here in Israel. Give me an example that we've heard of, or, or we've heard of none of them. Um, you know, <laughs> Has look, the average person heard of any of you these? No, you might have heard of companies like Fiverr, mm -hmm. you know, which are, uh, or Lemonade, or... You well, know, Fiverr we see on Facebook all yeah, the time. Yeah, there's a wonderful company, or Iron Source, or um, there, there are a whole you know, slew of them. There's just a new company called JFrog just raised money. Uh, we have a bunch of sunicorns. We actually have four unicorns, okay? Uh, some of them in That's Israel. That's a billion. And what's sunicorn? A sunicorn is soon to be a billion. Soon to be a billion. <laughs> Almost there. <laughs> Almost at a billion dollars. Um, and uh, we have a bunch of those. Look, we, we have companies that are really making us very proud, uh, both at our crowd and I think in Israel in general, because... They're making money and doing good at the same time. John Medved's here. The greatest example of your success would be which company? Which is the one that, you know, everybody turns to that was under your umbrella and says, look what can be done. Look what can be well, look I mean, at the success. Th that's there are a whole series of them. But we, we put money into a company called Rewalk, which essentially allows 
paraplegics to walk again. Wow. Okay, so you see people get up out of a wheelchair for the first time in their lives. And the whole world needs that. And people start to wave their hands right. and, and praise the Lord, um, which they should. And it's for real. It's done, <laughs> it's for, it's done it's, medically. It's, it's, done, it's real. It's robotic it's legs. And, and robotic. Okay, uh, we have a company called Zebra Medical who use artificial intelligence to read radiological images so that, you know, you can now diagnose cancer or even arteriosclerosis or other maladies by the computer interpreting the image, mm-hmm. which is exactly what we need. Mm-hmm. We have a company called CropX, which is doing wireless irrigation, meaning instead of, you know, instead of using little tubes to drip, which we're very good at sure. here. That's what we're all known for. You know, right? usually people understood that the, 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 the dichotomy is drip or spritz. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, and drip is usually better, they claim. <laughs> drip is better than spritz. Right. But if you can have controlled spritz, right, where you build a control panel using wireless sensors, you can save 40% of your uh, water costs. You don't have to install the stuff. And that's a company called CropEx, which actually was... One of the four companies that Angela Merkel just visited uh, last week. Was she impressed? I think so. I think she, she, the picture that I posted on Facebook, she looked very impressed. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we, we have a whole series of them. We, and by the way, we're not only investing in Israel. And one of the cool things about our platform now is we're sort of spreading our wings from Israel all around the world with Israel at its heart. So in March, March 7th, we'll have our annual summit. There'll be 15,000 people making a Ali al-Regal, a pilgrimage to Israel to attend this summit. And about half of them will come from abroad. They'll come from over 100 countries. And they'll be investors, but they'll also be entrepreneurs who want to hook up. They want to be part of this international network. And you, you look at what Israel's doing in autonomous driving, right? We have now 400 companies in the country going after what, the for car. driverless cars? Yes, but you, you know, you think of Israel. What did Israel was it known for? Bad driving. And bad driving <laughs> and the worst car ever made in history, the Susita. That was an right? Israeli that car. That was an Israeli car. It, it, it was it, basically camel food if you parked it, you know, overnight in the Negev. It was know? God. <laughs> camel would munch. He's happy. Okay, you're less so. But the, the reality is today with Mobileye bought for $15 billion by Intel, right. there's every wanna, wannabe who wants to follow with a laser radar or sensor fusion or big data or car-to-car communications. And you've got the... The General Motors and the, uh, the Fords and the Hondas and the Hyundais, they're coming here in droves. We're seeing your guys at these companies come here like on a 60, 90-day revolving basis. They have their hotels. To observe what's going on. To observe, to invest, to acquire. Right. We have a- but I'm confused on the, on, the, on the driverless cars. 400 companies with that aim? 400 companies yes, now they're with- all building essentially components, right? Because remember, right. what is a car today? Right. A car is 600 chips on some wheels. It's all electronics. Right. So and each then, one is responsible for another and, and, one. Yeah, and there's different functions, and there's communications, and there's sensing, and there's uh, uh, cybersecurity, right. right? You don't want a hacker to drive you off the bridge or right. into a wall. So we sold a company called Argus Cybersecurity for close to $450 million to a German company called Continental because they want to be ahead in cybersecurity for the car. Um, we have another company called uh, CyberMDX, which is doing cybersecurity for medical devices. Because you don't want to receive a hacker's note that says you've got 30 minutes to live or I'm essentially shutting down your pacemaker right. 
or your insulin pump unless you send this million dollars to a Chinese bank account. And that's coming. But Israel will be there to protect you. You know, it's funny. I, I, I heard a, a speech given by, I'm sure you don't have trouble believing this, a 20-year-old, someone in his 20s, rather, about cybersecurity and how it's uh, developing and how Israel's at the forefront of the industry. And I said to him, you know, when you ask somebody who knows something uh, about the defense of the United States, military in the United States, you could ask them, you know, are we well protected? We're citizens of the U.S., are we well protected? And they can tell you, well, we have these number of tanks and this type of personnel and these types of military budget, etc. And they give you a feeling that you're protected. How does one convince the average person that when it comes to cybersecurity, we are in fact protected the same way we are with the military protecting we, our first of all, physical you, selves? you don't convince them because we are not. We are not. We are absolutely not. It's I mean, a weakness look, across it's, the board. It's, it's like death, sort of. There's, you can postpone it. You can make it palatable. But the bad guys are coming for you, and they are not stopping. And we are all at terrible risk. And you can improve it by you know, good behavior. Don't click on links. that you, right. you know, People are always clicking on links and getting their credentials hacked. Uh, don't fall for phishing attacks. Don't right, but that's know, on a that's on a private scale. I, I'm thinking these corporations. I'll tiftach yeah. but I'm thinking why is it that the water system of the U.S. is shut down by some hacker? Why is it that we have no electricity for a week and a half because it's a hacker? Simple as that. It's <laughs> not mean, the great Israeli cybersecurity. I mean, look, we're all working very hard to protect it, and there are people who are really involved. Um, on uh, critical infrastructure, we have a company called CyberX, which is busy yeah, at work. Yeah. Uh, we have a company, ThetaRay, who is doing cybersecurity for financial crime and big banks. But it's this cat and mouse thing. The more that we put into it, right. the more that hackers... And there's states whose biggest economy is hacking. Right. The North Koreans, the Iranians, that's what they're doing. That's, you know, they don't export anything. They don't make anything. They hack. And they are stealing, in some cases, tens and hundreds of millions of dollars. And we don't even know about it. So, you know, some of these things are you just have to sort of trust in God, get on with your life, do what you can. But those bad guys are out there, and you should be doing everything you can to protect yourself. Well, but try to stay ahead, bad guys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, John Medved's here, CEO of Our Crowd. All right, you, you alluded to this earlier, and for me it's a very big topic, so I want you to help me with it philosophically. Uh, you alluded to the fact that now we are in a very special time. Now we yeah. are in a, really, a biblical proportion. Obviously, we've always been living, you know, through through the eyes of the Bible, but now it is so evident. You know, we are back in this country. Uh, I could certainly say that for you and others who've, who've made their home this country. And the, the 70 years of the state of Israel is, is magical, and there's just so much going on. Um, and you agree that, that, as I like to say, when the leadership of Israel goes to the world now and says hop aboard because, you know, if you want to be part of this whole revolution, you better make sure to establish good ties with Israel. Otherwise, you're going to be left, you know, you're going to be left at, back there at the station, look, so to it, speak. it's front and center. You can just look at this visit of the German Chancellor right. Merkel this last week. We have a good relationship with Germany, okay? It's historical, it's complicated, but t- in, in general... But today, it's a good relationship. It's, a, it's a, quite a good relationship. Right. This whole visit was about technology, they weren't talking about settlements and, you know, maybe behind the scenes, right. some of it, but it was all about tech. I think she mentioned Iranian sanctions, but okay. The, yeah. gi- <laughs> the Chinese vice premier is coming here in about two weeks, coming to speak at the prime minister's tech conference, where he's just taking two days out of his busy schedule. I bet you he enjoys that. When he goes to the world, he's talking tech. When, 
we are talking to almost anybody. They're looking at Israel and saying, wait a minute. Uh, last week, there was data published about the number of artificial intelligence startups in the world. They ranked the countries in terms of the absolute numbers of startups. You know how the ranking works? Number one, obviously, the U.S., about 1,300 startups. Number two is China, 390. Number three is Israel, 380. We're 10 startups behind the Chinese. Go out there, guys, and build the startups so we can get number two. But do you know how absurd that is? We're 9 million people for crying out loud. How do we have as many artificial intelligence startups as the Chinese? It's absurd. And yet anybody who, you know, understands this stuff looks at this and says, you know, I need access to innovation. I got to be playing in Israel. And whether it's in digital health or it's in cybersecurity or it's artificial intelligence or it's autonomous driving or it's precision agriculture or it's drones or it's big data, we got it here. And they're coming. It's unbelievable. Now, what direction would your career have taken if Israel would not have done so well in this area i'm curious i'd probably be hanging with steve on the football field <laughs> so, so this was tailor-made for you huh i just kept you out of trouble I, look you know for me this is probably the most fun job in the world because to sit around with mostly young people okay who have dreams to listen to them pitch you their dream right in other words my some people get pitch dreams, I guess, psychologists. Usually they're bad and weird. You know, but I get people who pitch me wonderful dreams and then I get to decide or be part of a process of deciding, can I become an enabler? Can I invest in that dream? Can I hook them up with connections to other corporations? Can we help promote them? Can we bring a, a force multiplier to help them achieve their dreams? And when these dreams are helping the disabled walk or to feed the hungry or to heal the sick, and to do it or from... Or to water those plants. Or to water the plants. And to do it from Israel. Mm-hmm. It's this huge public kiddush Hashem that I feel humbled. Okay, I feel like, whoa, how did I, <laughs> I get lucky? What do you think when you hear that Israel could solve Cape Town's water problem in half a year and they refuse to take help because it's Israel? I think they're schmucks. <laughs> okay, I think, I think it's really, you know... They're depriving their like, own citizens because of their hatred. It's shooting yourself in the head. And by the way, many of them get this. I, I was in South Africa sitting on a, uh, a plane next to a guy from the African National Congress who was a fairly senior guy. I will not name him uh, for his uh, you know, benefit. And he said, look, we have a you know, two-faced attitude here. We have to, a public thing where we can't talk about Israel, but boy, do we need your help. And they need our help in water, and they need our help in ag tech, and they need our help in financial technology and security. And most of the countries of the world get it and are doing it. So with India, there is this unbelievable relationship, right? And there are a lot more Indians than there are South Africans. You know, close to a billion and a half. Yeah, and, plus, you mentioned the Chinese. I also the have a Chinese, significant population. By the way, but it's the Europeans, mm-hmm. right? We catch all this flack about Europe's mm-hmm. political. They're doing more business and more investment. Um, England, despite Corbyn, you know, is now at an all time high in terms of Israel trade. Okay, Latin America, I'm going to be in Colombia, of all places, in a couple of weeks. And they are just desperate to access Israeli technology on every level. And it's just, it's, it's, it's really, I think people don't get how 
much this has changed because we have sort of the Schwarzeine Yid mm-hmm. uh, philosophy. Attitude, right? You know, it's hard to be a Jew. The whole world hates us. Okay, they're chasing us. BDS is out to get us. And I'm sitting at my Shabbos table with a <laughs> Chaver Knesset and a one of the largest hedge fund investors in the world. And the Chaver Knesset is very active in the anti-BDS stuff. And he turns to the hedge fund guy and he says, okay, so how are we doing on this anti-BDS thing? And the guy goes, what? He goes, BDS, how are we doing fighting it? He goes, what's BDS? He goes, what, you don't know what BDS is? Don't you feel it? He had no idea. People don't know. It's just the Jews. We're paranoid. Like, we should be paranoid. We have to fight boycotts. But the whole world is pretty much into a boycott now of Israel. There's this idiot named Roger Waters, you know, uh, whose career should have ended long ago. He's boycotting us. Big deal. We get over it, okay? And if there's, you know, some uh, uh, wannabe Roger Waters, gig is into hate. John Medved's here. Uh, Before you go, before you go, we have been informed that you are connected to one of the most significant Jewish music acts of the last, what do you want to say, a year or two? Would that uh, be accurate? That would, that would be accurate. And that is because, if I have this correct, half of Yonina is your daughter. That's correct. And the other half is my son-in-law. Do you know? <laughs> very good, right. You, do, do you know that the two of them were in our studio for a really nice visit? How wonderful. Well, she's uh, Bishatova expecting any minute now. So, so there'll be another member of the there'll group. There'll hopefully be a, yet now a second younger generation right. Yonina-ite and... Uh, no, you know, look, this is all good. I mean, this is really the power of the Internet, of the alternative media. They wanted so much to recruit them to the voice. Right. But they didn't... It you know, wasn't their thing. No, they said, this is not right. This is right. not Sneezdick. This is not who right. we are. And they said, but look, you know, uh, uh, Aviv Geffen is the host. Mm-hmm. And look how famous he is. He'll help you. Mm-hmm. Turns out Yonina have more likes on Facebook than Aviv Geffen. So there you go. <laughs> That's good to know. That's a great statistic. I love it. Uh, John Medved, how do people get information about what you do? They go to www.rcrowd.com. They're certainly welcome to send me emails to john, J-O-N, at rcrowd.com. And it's free to sign up. You have to be an accredited investor, so you have to meet the criteria in the U.S. But you get to see really cool information about exciting technology companies and stay connected to Israel's miracle in the tech world. Do you know our host, the gentleman to your right? I certainly do. Barry's man. Mr. Barry Lieben is here, everybody. He is Barry man. has done. I like it when he's here. I'm no longer the richest guy in the room. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, no need to edit that out, is there? Uh, so Barry is back from one of the most important things one does when they are in the city of Jerusalem. I have this... I have supporting the local economy. Exactly. Supporting the local economy. Did you make some nice purchases? Uh, my, I, I found a nice place to sit in the shade. <laughs> and everybody else? And my wife and grandchildren and children shopped at every store on Ben Yehuda Street. <laughs> That's spirit. That's the way to do it. That's, That's the great. way to do it. What can't, did, can't and now you make a couple of investments and you got a trifecta. You know, you're all... I made an investment. I bought a bar. <laughs> <laughs> we remember that the bar. Lion's Den. Did you, May it rest in peace. Did you walk by it today? I I walked by what is now no longer the lion's den. I remember the lion's den. That's what happens, you know. My wife said she wanted real estate in Israel. She didn't think I meant the bar. <laughs> what did grandson Cole end up with from Ben Yehuda Cole, Street? What did, well, his beautiful necklace nice. he's wearing. Very right, nice. Cole? A good memory of Jerusalem. Yes. How much do you like it? A lot. 
Okay. There you go. <laughs> a man of He's a natural. <laughs> He's a natural. He He's... told me already he'd like to take over the show soon. Absolutely. He's got a personality. What else did you get, Cole? I'm a plastic knife. Ooh. <laughs> it's under his chair. Oh, yes, it is. A plastic knife. And he got some T-shirts and and some other stuff. Right, Cole? And I got a magic set. A magic set. A magic set? Yeah. I didn't even know they sold those on Ben Yehuda. Ben Yehuda has everything they got for it all. everybody. They've got it the all. The women folk took care of the more illustrious purchases. <laughs> and they're still there. <laughs> they're still on Ben Yehuda yes, Street. Yes, they still are. Unbelievable. Uh, we thank Barry. He, of course, is our host here in Jerusalem, the Inbal Hotel's presidential suite, Mir Peset, the beautiful porch overlooking the old city. Uh, you have to admit, as glorious as yesterday was, today is even more it's glorious. It's a great day. Just incredible. Thank and this you. is your final full day in the state final of Israel. Final full day. Sadly, we leave tomorrow. Unbelievable. And this time, you're really feeling it. You're feeling that sadness. You expressed that to us yesterday. I am feeling very sad. I wish I would have... Made to stay longer. Well, unbelievable. Well, Barry, we thank you again. And welcome back from Ben Yehuda. Of course, everybody who comes to Israel should make sure to make that part of their agenda. More coming up. You are listening to a Tuesday morning edition of JM in the AM live from Israel. <laughs> 